So you ready for the Word of God tonight? Why don't you just stand to your feet? Everybody stand to your feet. Let's get Pastor Doug a big hand as he comes forward, brings the Word. Wow. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Well, take a seat, everyone. You excited to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Isn't it good to be here? Yeah, God is good. God is so good. You know, at times, I'm just overwhelmed by the goodness of God, what He does in our lives, the, uh, uh, the way He visits with us, the way He wants to touch our lives. And uh, I'm just really blessed. You know, the musicians did a fantastic job tonight, didn't they? Let's give the musicians a hand tonight, eh? They did well. All right, are you ready for something good from the Word of God tonight? Are you ready for something great from the Word of God tonight? Yeah, something for you, something that will help your life, something that will build you up. Because let me tell you tonight, the Word of God is full of life-transforming power. So I want you to open your Bible with me. You know, I just open the Bible to this passage and I want to preach, which is a good thing seeing as I am preaching tonight, eh? <laughs> All right, I want you to turn in your Bible to Joshua, Joshua chapter 24. Joshua 24. And tonight, I'm going to preach on possessing the promise. Possessing the promise. Because God has got promises that He's wanting you to possess. He's got things that He's wanting you to live in, to walk in, to have and to hold and to, and to walk out in your life. God's got good things for you tonight. And if you get a hold of these things, God will bless your life. Okay, now let me give you some background to this story, okay? This is Joshua's last words. Now Joshua, okay, Joshua is a statesman. He's an incredible man of God. He was with the people of Israel when they were in Egypt in slavery. Life wasn't good for Israel in Egypt. They had taskmasters over them. They had people that were treating them badly and harshly. Things were not good. But God sent a deliverer, his deliverer Moses, to take his people out of, Israel, out of Egypt and into a promised land. Yeah? Then through a series of miracles, outstanding miracles, God did just that. He broke the power. He broke the power of the Egyptian taskmasters. He broke the power of death. He led them out through the Red Sea. And he led them out to take them into a promised land. And he led them out not as slaves, but he led them out as a conquering army, taking the wealth of Egypt, where once they had been slaves, now they are a conquering army, taking all the wealth of Egypt out with them. That's a good thing. God is taking them into a promised land, a land that flows with milk and honey. But you know what also? The land is also filled with giants, okay? And this is where the story goes to custard, okay? It gets bad. Because the people of God, they whine and they complain. They grizzle about everything that God does. They look for fault in God instead of finding the good things that God is doing for them. Instead of looking forward with expectancy to what God has for them, they whinge and they complain and they choose not to believe God. And because of that, they wander around in the desert for 40 years. 40 years. Only two of them from that generation survive. As Joshua and Caleb. 
And Joshua leads the people of God after 40 years of wandering, leads them into the promised land. And Israel takes possession of the land, kicks out the giants, beats up the people that are inhabiting that land, and they take possession of it. You see, the Old Testament tonight, what's that got to do with my life? The Old Testament uses things, natural things, to illustrate spiritual things. And there's a spiritual application here. You see, the people of this world are in slavery to sin. Sin is a taskmaster over them. And God sent Jesus Christ to deliver us from our sin, that we could be free from the bondage of sin, that we could come out of the power of death, out of the power of darkness, and into the life of God. That's what He has for us. Jesus Christ is our deliverer. And through faith in his sacrifice, the bondage of sin is broken off our lives. Let me tell you today that many people, just like Israel, are content to wander around in the desert. They're content to know that they've been saved, but not much more than that. Content to, uh, to miss out on the promises of God, believing that they're for some other time or for someone else, for someone special, but not for them. So many people live like that. So many Christians live like that. But God wants so much more for our lives. He wants more for your life. He wants you to live in the promises, to possess the promises, to have them in your life. God wants more. He wants to lead you into a land of promise. And He wants you to possess that land. How many of you believe that there's promises that God wants you to possess tonight? Oh yeah, God is good. All right. Now, the thing is, is does this just drop into your life? Does it just drop into your lap? Like, like, uh, you just be and it just drops there. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you've got that peace. All of a sudden, you've got that that blessing of God on your life. I want to tell you, just like the people of Israel had to fight the giants in the land, there's promises that you have to fight for, that you have to position yourself for, to take a hold of them, to make them yours in your life, and then to keep them. Someone say amen. Amen. You see, God doesn't want you just to receive the promises. He wants you to live in them. You see, there's promises for you to possess tonight. For some of you, that promise is peace. You need that peace in your life, and God's got peace for you. Some of you, it's success. There's success that, God, that has been eluding you, that's been running from you. And today, the Lord's saying, I want you to possess that promise. Yes, it is for you. It is for you. For some of you, it's prosperity. There's prosperity for you, an abundance for you. God wants you to possess that. It's not for some future generation. It's for you now. It's for you now. For some of you, it's health. There's a problem in your body. God wants you to possess health. There's a promise there. And you're going to say, God, I want that. I want to possess that promise. There might be a giant in the way right now, but my word, I'm going to kick its tail out of there. Eh? I'm going to kick its tail out of there. Some of you are looking for deliverance. There's deliverance. There's a promise of deliverance that is yours. Possess it. And you see what? Joshua... He knows a few things about possessing because he's walked with the people of Israel out of Egypt, through the Red Sea, around in the desert for 40 years and led them into the promised land, led them into what God has had for them. 
To the point that the people now, they've got what God has promised. Not one word failed for them. Not one word. You think Joshua might have some lessons for us today on possessing God's promises? Eh? You bet. You better believe it. God's got something that he can speak to us tonight that we can learn about possessing his promises. I want you to turn, okay, in Joshua 24, you want to look right now, verse 13. Verse 13. Say yes when you got it. Oh, yes, you're good. All right. All right, verse 13 says, I have given you, I have given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you did not build. And you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and the olive groves, which you did not plant. You're blessed. The people of God are blessed. And Joshua says, now therefore, now therefore fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil for you to serve the Lord... Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served, which were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorite who you've just killed and whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Oh, I love that. You know, I read that and I get excited. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. There's power in that, isn't there? Yeah, there's power in it. You know what? The first thing you've got to know about possessing the promises of God is God is a giver. God is not a taker. He's a giver. God gives. Right in the beginning there, it says, I have given you God delights to give. God is not mean. God is not stingy. God is not a holdout. He delights to give. If you've got any other, other picture in your mind about God, then let him change your mind. You need to change your mind about God because God is a giver. God is a giver. You know, I've heard some terrible things that people have said about God doing mean things, that God does things to, to, uh, to refine people. It's true, He does do things to refine people. I've heard people, uh, people say things about uh, all sorts of things about God that He doesn't really want you to be blessed because you get selfish and things like that. Baloney. No, I could say something worse, but I won't because I'm on the platform. God has redeemed me. All right. That's not true. God is a giver. He's a good God. He is such a good God. If you want to possess the promises of God, you've got to know that He is good. So good. More good than you could possibly believe. More good. The best. Right. If you want to possess the promises of God in your life, you need to have respect for the promise maker. You need to have respect for the promise maker. Look right there in verse 14. It says, now therefore, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Now that sounds like a very scary thing, but let me tell you, it's not scary at all. Okay? When it says fear the Lord, we're not talking about the dark age thing where you had to be afraid of God. Some of the things that we grew up in traditional churches, that God was just up there with a big stick, ready to beat you and punish you and make your life miserable. God is not like that. And we don't have to be afraid of God. But it says, fear Him. Fear Him. What does fear mean? It means respect. Have a respect for God. Tell the person next to you, have some respect. Have some respect. If you want to possess the promises of God, you need to have some respect. 
you need to have respect for the Lord. And let me illustrate this. See, we love God and we find it hard to figure. How do you figure? Fear God. How does that work? You know, in my house, thank God, I have electricity. I love electricity. Electricity does all sorts of awesome things in my house. One of the things that electricity does in my house is it heats the water in my house. So when I get out of bed in the morning and flick the shower on, I don't get frozen. Yeah? Electricity is a good thing. If you've ever had a fuse blow in the middle of the night and you get into the shower and it's freezing cold, you know how good electricity is. Electricity is good. Yeah? Electricity is good. Other things that electricity does in my house, it makes my oven go. Yeah, which cooks all sorts of necessary things, necessary things for life and well-being, like chocolate fudge brownie. Well, that's good. Lemon meringue pie and banana spongy put. Oh, it's good. Do you know what? Electricity is good. I love it. Yeah, that's good. It keeps my ice cream cold in the freezer. Oh, it's a good place. How many of you know that I've got a sweet tooth? Yeah. All right. I love electricity, but I have respect for it. There's things that I won't do with electricity. I won't stick my fingers in the light socket and turn it on. No, it's a bad idea. It's a bad, bad idea. I won't multitask and try and dry my hair while I'm laying in the bath. Bad idea. It's a bad idea. I respect electricity. There's some other things that I won't do with electricity. I won't get my toast that's stuck in the toaster out with the knife while the toaster is still plugged in. I won't do it because I have respect for electricity. I love electricity, but I have respect for it. You know, we can love God, but we need to have respect for Him. Because you know what? Yes, He is a God who loves you so much with passion. He's God who gives. He loves you. He has given you life. But He is also the creator of heaven and earth. He's a consuming fire. He hates sin and He'll judge the earth. We need to have respect for God. You know what? Playing with sin is like sticking your fingers in a light socket. Okay, just waiting for it to go on. You don't want that to go on. The best thing you can do is get down off that chair, get your fingers out of that light socket, and find something else to do. Okay? Yeah! Find something else to do. Have respect for God. Be thankful for Him. Be thankful for what He's done. Don't ever take what He's done for granted. Be thankful. Express praise. Give thanks to Him. Listen to what He says. Do what He says. Don't mess around with sin. You know, there's some blessings for fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. If you want knowledge, you start with fear of God. The fear of the Lord leads to life. If you want life, allow a healthy respect for God to come around you. You know what? Riches on and honor, Proverbs 22 verse 4, says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. You want riches and honor? 
Allow the fear of God, respect for God to come around your life. You're looking for more revelation in life. You know, the secret of God is with those who fear Him. With those who fear Him, He will show their covenant. What is it to fear God? It is to hate evil. Proverbs 8, 13, hate evil. If you want to possess the promise, if you want to possess all that God has for you, you're going to need to develop some respect for God. Turn to the person next to you. Show some respect. Show some respect. Whoo. All right. You've got to respect God. You've got to respect the promise maker. Number two, if you want to, if you want to possess the promises of God, you've got to choose the promise maker. Choose the promise maker. You see, you have a God-given ability to choose. Animals don't have it. You have it. It's a God-given ability that you have. Choose the ability of choice. Choose you. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Choose. We have the ability to choose right from wrong. We've got the ability to choose life from death. We've got the ability to choose to become a Christian, to give our lives to Christ. The choice is ours. Choose for yourselves. Choose for yourselves. The choice is not your friends. It's not your teachers. It's not your parents. It's not your boyfriend. It's not your husband or wife. It's yours, the choice. You know what? I've heard so many people make excuses. But the choice is yours. You see, today, choose you who you will serve. And let me tell you, you might be thinking, you know, I'm a hard-out Christian here. I, I gave my life to the Lord 15 years ago. I'm, I'm going for God. You know what? Joshua is talking to people who are in the land. They're in the promise. And he's saying, guys, choose you this day. Choose you this day. It doesn't matter if you've been saved a long time or a short time today, you choose. You choose God. You see, you don't ask around whether you should be a Christian because the people of the world will say, no, what do you want to do that? You don't ask people around if you want to be baptized. You just say, I want to be baptized because Jesus said it. I want to be baptized. You don't ask around if you, you need to know whether you want to tithe or stop smoking or honoring your parents. You just make the choice and do it. Choose you this day. Choose you this day. Oh, make the choice. Make the choice. Just do it. You see, the devil can't take the choice away from you. He can't do it. No one can take it from you, but you can give it up. Friends, I want to tell you today, don't give up that choice. Make the choice. Make it count. Choose today. See, today matters. Choose this day. Today matters. You know, some people get stuck in yesterday. Yesterday is past. If you're stuck in yesterday, make a choice to break from it. No matter how hard or painful yesterday was, don't let your yesterday, don't let your yesterday ruin your today. Don't let yesterday ruin your future. Don't let it ruin tomorrow. Choose today. Today matters. You see, you can't count on tomorrow. Tomorrow might not be available to you. Tomorrow might not be an option. Choose today. And just in case you're wondering what you're choosing, just in case you're wondering what you're choosing, take a look in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 30. This is a good verse. I love this. Deuteronomy chapter 30. 
And verse 19, chapter 30, verse 19. And here it goes. It says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Say, choose life. Say it again. Choose life. Oh, choose life. Choose life that both you and your descendants may live. It's a choice between life and death. Sounds pretty clear, doesn't it? But the trouble is, death wears makeup. I don't know if you've noticed about this, but death does. It wears makeup. It tries to look good. Oh, and uh, at the risk of, I, I don't want to be irreverent here, but you know what? My auntie died a, uh, a, a couple of years back, you know, and uh, we went down to the funeral home to, uh, to, to view the body. No, don't ask me why people do that. That's a, yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, I thought when I got there, you know what? She looks better than when she was alive. The funeral director had her all made up. And I thought, I haven't seen you looking that good for 20 years. And even then, I think you look better now. But you know what? She was dead. Dead. Death wears makeup. It tries to look good. You know, you've got friends out there who are doing all sorts of things. And it looks good. But I tell you what, it's just death with makeup on it. Yeah? It's death with makeup on it. Going out to parties. Oh, it looks good. It looks exciting. Check it out 10 years down the track. One year down the track. It's just death and makeup. Check out the broken relationships. You know, check out the results of it. It might look good now. But it's end. It's death. And it will be known. You'll know it. See, Adam and Eve, the fruit looked good. But it resulted in death. Choose life. Tell the person next to you, choose life. Choose life. The next thing you've got to know, next thing you've got to know about possessing the promise of God is you've got to serve the promise maker. Serve the promise maker. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Serve Him. Serve Him. What does it mean to serve? It means to labor, to work with, to to wait upon, serve Him. Do you know what? Serving is so important. In this one chapter, in this one chapter, Joshua says, serve. 16 times. 16 times in one chapter. Thank you for the exclamation. That's good. I like you guys. 16 times. He says, serve. You know, people treat serving as an optional extra in God. Do you know what? If you want to possess the promises of God. Serving isn't an option. If you want to live in the promises of God, you got to choose to serve. Serve. If you want to possess it, you got to serve God. Serve Him. It doesn't mean that you're earning it. You can never earn it. So don't let that thought come into your mind. It's you're serving out of gratitude, out of love, and out of knowing that that's what keeps your life, one of the things that keeps your life healthy with God. Serving, that's what God wants from us. It's his, one of his highest purposes in our lives. And uh, Deuteronomy 10, 12, it says, Now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? Have you ever wondered what God wants from you? Have you ever wondered, God, what do you want from me? But yet you fear the Lord. 
and walk in His ways and love Him and serve the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul. Tell the person next to you, serve God. Serve God. You know what? What's the great commandment about? It's about serving God. Go into all the world. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's about serving. What's the great commandment about? It's about serving God, loving God, loving your neighbor. It's serving Him. It's serving Him. Serving's not an optional extra. It's a must-do in God. You know, there's lots of excuses for serving. But if you want to possess what God has for you, serving, make it a priority. Get involved in the church. Get involved around here. There's plenty of places that you can serve around here. You know what? There's plenty of places. Plenty of places. Just put your hand up. There's a place for any one of you to serve God in this place. Anyone. Serve God. Okay, the next thing you've got to know about possessing the promise is that you have to speak the language of the promise. Speak the language of the promise. Speak the language. See what Joshua says. And I just, you know, I, these, these are verses that I meditate on. And this is, this is one that I just meditate on. You know what Joshua says? He says, but as for me and my house, I will serve or we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Get used to speaking that out. As for me, I will serve the Lord. As for me, as for me, speak it out of your life. See, the language of the promise is bold, bold, bold. It's bold. It says we are well able to take the land. Well able to take the land. I will serve God. The language of the promise is bold. Get used to speaking bold, outrageous things that God says. Speak him out. Speak him out. The language of the promise speaks in agreement with the word of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Get used to speaking it out. Speak out what God has for you. Speak it out. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away. I am more than a conqueror. That's the language of the promise. If you want to possess what God has for you, speak it out. Speak it out. I am blessed. By His stripes I am healed. God has not given me a spirit of fear. Speak it out. One of the things that we teach in the, in the, uh, the foundations class, the new Christians class, is that you would speak the word of God and get used, get used to speaking God's word over your life. Because you know what? The word of God has creative power. Creative power. The first use, the first use of spoken word was as a creative force. First use of spoken word was a creative force. God said, let there be light. And there was. Let there be light and there was. The word of God is creative and powerful. Absolutely creative. See, the word of God is creative power. But not just God's words. Our words also have power. Our words have power. Romans 18, uh, no, sorry, Proverbs 18, 21. It says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. What are you speaking over your life? What are you speaking over your business? What are you speaking over your family? What are you speaking? Are you speaking life or are you speaking death? 
Speak life. Speak life. Watch your mouth. If you're speaking out life, life is what you get. If you're speaking life is tough, we'll figure your tough life is what you're going to get. Your words are creative. Watch your mouth. Mark eleven twenty three. Why don't you flip quickly over to Mark eleven twenty three? Mark eleven twenty three. I don't your Bible. Jesus said, "For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says." will be done. He will have whatever he says. Our words are powerful. Speak life. Speak life. If you've got a situation that's bothering you, that's troubling you, speak to that mountain. Command it to be removed. It's a giant that's in your way that God has given to you. The bread for you. You're well able to possess it. Well able to possess it. Don't just, don't whinge and grizzle and complain. Speak to it. Speak to it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, God is good. God is good. If you're wanting to possess the promise, you've got to speak the language of the promise. Speak the language of the promise. You know, um, last year when I went to China, I didn't know the language. I still don't know the language. I know one word, ni hao, okay? <laughs> Unless I had a translator, I wouldn't get anything there. Ni hao, which means hello, okay, will not get you to where the toilet is. That's a problem. Unless you've got a translator. Ni hao won't get you to where the food is. That's a problem. You need to speak the language. Just as you need someone who speaks the language over there to get around, you need to speak the language of the promise. Speak the language of the Spirit that you possess the promises that God has for you. Are you enjoying yourselves tonight? Yeah? Are you getting something from this tonight? Yeah? Do you believe that Joshua can give you something that uh, uh, help you to possess the promises of God in your life tonight? Yeah? Oh, that's good. The last thing. Well, actually, you know, if you're wanting to possess the promise, you need to incline your heart. I want you to turn in, in Joshua 24 and verse 23. Okay, it says, Now therefore, he said, this is Joshua speaking, put away the foreign gods which are among you and incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. Incline your heart the Lord God of Israel. If you're wanting to possess the promises of God, you need to listen to the promise maker. What is the promise of God? What is it? Listen. Incline your heart. What does it mean? It means to bend down, to stoop, to bow. It's an attitude of submission. It's a yielding of your heart to God. It's an openness to being spoken to. What's your heart inclined to tonight? What's your heart inclined to? Is it inclined to apathy? Is it inclined to bitterness? Is it inclined to negativity or lust? What's your heart inclined to? 
You know, you might be needing a heart transplant tonight. You see, because God offers you a great exchange, a great exchange. He says, I'll take the heart of stone out of your flesh and put a new heart in you, a heart of flesh with my law written upon it. If your heart is inclined to things other than God, ask tonight, God, that your grace would come around me, that you would change my heart. Change my heart, oh God. Change my heart. If you wanted to receive the promises of God, if you wanted to possess the promises of God, you've got to be prepared to listen to the promise maker. Who do you listen to? Who do you listen to? Who talks to you? How, who do you listen to in your life? Is it friends who talk down to you? Is it parents who talk down to you? Is it you who talks down to yourself? Is there a lot of self-talk going on in your life? You know, it's time to shut that down. You shut that self-talk down. You shut it down by speaking the Word of God. You shut it down by singing singing praises to God. You shut it down. You shut it down. You don't listen to that stuff. Shut it down. You know what? I found that some people, some people can't be spoken to. You know, they're full of their own stuff. Absolutely full of it. So full of it. They can't let go. They don't want to let go of it because there's some sort of comfort in it or, or something like that. There's a stubbornness in it. It's like a mule. The scripture says it's like a mule, which needs a bridle to come around it. And scripture says, don't be like a mule. Don't be like that. Get rid of the donkey. Okay, get rid of the donkey in your life that won't listen. Get rid of the donkey in your life that, that won't, be, uh, won't be steered. Deal to it. Deal to it. You know what? God the Father spoke out of heaven as Jesus was being baptized. He said, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Hear him. Tonight, we listen to God. We listen to God. We listen to him. Will you allow him to speak into your life? Could I have the musicians, please? If you're wanting to possess the promises of God, you're wanting to possess the promises of God, you need to show some respect to God. Respect the promise maker. You need to choose the promise maker. You need to serve the promise maker. You need to speak the language of the promise. You need to listen to the promise maker. Allow him to speak into your heart and your life. Tonight, tonight there's promises that God wants for you. Don't leave this place tonight. Knowing that there's something, there's a land that God has prepared for you. Don't settle for wandering around in the desert. Don't settle for that. But make a choice. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. As for me, and my house, I will serve the Lord. Tonight, let's worship the Lord. Let your heart be changed.
Let your heart be changed tonight. Say, God, I'm coming to you with an eye for that promise. Stand to your feet now. Hallelujah. Let's worship God, people. Jesus. Jesus, you are to me. Worship him tonight, people. Always by my side makes me realize you are God. Jesus, you are to me all that resembles present loyalty. You. tonight I know that God was speaking to some of you. There's promises that God has spoken to you. There's things in your life that are eluding you that are, are, are like that just beyond your reach. Tonight take a step forward. Take a step forward and say I'm choosing you oh God. Don't sit where you are. Don't stand where you are. But say tonight Lord by faith I'm coming forward into your promises. I'm choosing you. If that's you tonight, don't hold back. Don't hold back in your seats. Come on forward. Come on forward right now. Come on forward. Worship the God. Choose Him tonight. Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Come on, spread out right over the front here. Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want you to pray with me right now. Just allow the Spirit of God to come around your life. Jesus, I'm coming to you tonight. Jesus, I'm coming to you tonight. I'm choosing you. As for me. I will follow you. I will serve you. God, forgive me for the communication that's come out of my mouth. God, where I've spoken negatively. God, today I'm choosing to speak the language of your spirit. To speak the language of promise. You're a good God. I'm choosing you tonight, oh God. Now I want you to just sing and praise the Lord tonight with all that you've got. Jesus. You are the same today. And tomorrow you would still be perfect. 
choice tonight. A choice tonight. The Lord will honor that. He'll honor that choice. Hallelujah, Jesus. Spirit of God. Spirit of God. 
There's a hunger in your heart, and the Lord wants to say that He's for you, He's not against you, no matter who would be against you. I am for you, says the Lord. I'm for you, I'm for you, I'm for you, Jesus, Holy Ghost. See, there's an impartation of love and an impartation of faith here tonight. Let's begin to draw on the Spirit of God. Draw on the Spirit of God. Draw on the Spirit of God. He's here to minister to you. Lord, let your spirit just touch Mushi right now. Life. Let it flow around to Lord God. You see, the word of the Lord to you, Mushi, is that he looks through the earth to show himself strong to those who are loyal to him. And the Lord is saying that he will show himself strong to you. Strong to you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Rabasikiri and I sees your heart. He sees the longings of it. His blessing. Let it just come around her right now. Spirit of God, just come around her. Fill 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 her, Jesus. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Oh, God is so good. God is so good. Do you love the Lord tonight? Oh. He's got something that he's wanting to drop into your life right now. Right now. Right now. Allow him to minister to you tonight. Allow the Spirit of God to just come around you. Life. Life, 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 life in Jesus' name. Father, right now, we take authority, Lord God, over every spirit that would come against Damien in Jesus' name. Let your spirit come around him right now, Lord God, and fill him with the boldness of a lion. The courage, Lord God, the courage, Lord God, to stand against the flow. But minister to his heart and his life right now, bringing healing, bringing strength, bringing faith. Jesus, Jesus, oh God. See, what would the Lord say to you tonight? You know, one thing I can be sure that He will say to you is that He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Jesus, Jesus. You enjoying the presence of God tonight? Some of you tonight. You know, you need to make a decision. It's a decision about following Jesus, giving your heart and your life over to Him. You know, I'd love to talk to you after the service. You come and find me, eh? I'd love to talk to you about it. Yeah? Awesome. Are you ready to celebrate and praise what God has done? Give Him praise tonight. Let's rejoice. Let's hit it hard. Let's give the Lord a clap.